Okay, we're looking at uh, Noah, and uh, we're taking the characters from Hebrews 11, but we're going to uh, look at the Old Testament passage as well. So, before we go any further, let's read the relevant scriptures. By faith, Hebrews 11:7. by faith, Noah, when warned about things not yet seen, in holy fear, built an ark to save his family. By his faith, he condemned the world and became heir of the righteousness that is in keeping with faith. And we turn to Genesis chapter 6 and verse 9 onwards. There's several chapters on Noah in Genesis. We're just picking out a bit. This is the account of Noah and his family. Noah was a righteous man, blameless among the people of his time, and he walked faithfully with God. Noah had three sons, Shem, Ham, and Japheth. Now the earth was corrupt in God's sight and was full of violence. God saw how corrupt the earth had become, for all the people on earth had corrupted their ways. So God said to Noah, I'm going to put an end to all people, for the earth is filled with violence because of them. I'm surely going to destroy both them and the earth. So make yourself an ark of cypress wood, make rooms in it and coat it with pitch inside and out. This is how you are to build it. The ark is to be 300 cubits long, 50 cubits wide, and 30 cubits high. Make a roof for it, leaving below the roof an opening one cubit high all around. Put a door in the side of the ark and make lower, middle, and upper decks. I'm going to bring floodwaters on the earth to destroy all life under the heavens, every creature that has the breath of life in it. Everything on earth will perish. But I will establish my covenant with you, and you will enter the ark, you and your sons and your wife and your sons' wives with you. You are to bring into the ark two of all living creatures, male and female, to keep them alive with you. Two of every kind of bird, of every kind of animal, and every kind of creature that moves along the ground will come to you to be kept alive. You are to take every kind of food that is to be eaten and store it away as food for you and for them. Noah did everything just as God commanded him. You know, we can look at the story of Noah and there may be all sorts of questions that will arise in people's minds, maybe in your minds as well. All sorts of questions arise in my mind, come to that. Uh, But this this isn't the time to deal with them. That's more a Bible study sort of thing. But there is just one point that I want to make. Because often, the story of Noah is presented like this, for kids. Well, apart from saying that is absolutely nothing like how the ark looks, my my fear is this, that because it's presented like that, it's like a fairy story. And there's the implied information underneath it that this story isn't true and Paul says doesn't he when I was a child I thought like a spider read uh, spoke like a child reasoned like a child etc when I became a man I put away childish things and my fear is when we present Bible stuff like this the children put away not only the childish things but the truth with it What was the ark like? Well, a Dutchman built a replica to the dimensions that are given 
in the Bible. Actually, I think that was more in Ipswich for a bit. It's huge. Absolutely huge. Hasn't got a motor. Needs to be towed. Last I heard it was on its way to Israel. But just look at it. Now, whether that is actually how the ark was like, I don't know. But the, this guy tried to do it as, as he saw it in the Bible. What an incredible thing. Well, having said that, Noah pops up in the New Testament several times, actually. Well, his passage through the flood is a type of baptism. Oh, that's something we could get into, but we're not going to today. <laughs> his flood is seen as a judgment. Jesus said, as in the days of Noah, so it will be at the end. As before the coming of the Son of Man, Matthew and Luke as well. Noah is seen by Peter again as a preacher of righteousness. That's something else we can get into. I'm not going to today. And in Hebrews, of course, Noah is an example of faith. And this is where we're at. Actually, half of what I'm going to say this morning has already been said. Great stuff. We'll see as we go on. Okay, let's look at the faith of Noah. One. He walked with God. Actually, as did Enoch. Noah walked with God. It's great going out for a walk, isn't it? You know, maybe just two of you together. There you are, you're tramping through the countryside or whatever. And you can talk and you can share. You admire the view together. You see different things. You talk with each other. It's a time of, of friendship, of, of sharing, of, of just being together. And that's how I picture Noah with God. Oh, it's metaphorical, of course. But there he is with God. He and his father just sharing together. Just just talking, just listening, doing all sorts of things that you would do on a walk. Noah walked with God. A sort of a deep relationship with mutual sharing. I don't know how your walk with God is. I know how mine is at times. And sometimes I think, either God's left me behind, or I'm, you know, just dragging my feet. How's your walk with God this morning? How's your sharing with him, listening to him, whatever? He, he walked with God. And that's such a thing for us. As the prophet uh, Micah says, he's shown you, O oh, mortal young man, what is good. What does the Lord require of you? To act justly, love mercy, and to walk humbly with your God. And this is where the story of Noah begins, really. He's a guy who walks with God. You know, that's, that's the opposite of what happened in the Garden of Eden when, when uh, Adam and Eve took the fruit and ate it. We read that a little bit later, God was walking in the cool of the day, in the garden. And Adam and Eve hid. Because they were ashamed. 
But here is Noah, not hiding from God, but walking with him. That's a lovely picture. And that's where life of faith begins. Just walking with God. Walking with Jesus, who's made God known to us. Made the Father. Jesus has said, if you've seen me, you've seen the Father. Just after the resurrection, the two going down the road, and then Jesus joins them. And that's what he does with us. We walk with him. We talk with him. We walk with God. First simple point. Secondly, he then listened to what God said. No, I don't know if it's a sign of age. I think it is a sign of age. But sometimes, when Heather and I are out for a walk, she'll say something, and I say, pardon? <laughs> yeah. yeah, I mean, I, I like to think, first of all, it might be the wind that's blowing in my ears. Or it might be the car that has just roared by. Do you know somebody always says something important when the most rowdy motorbike goes past you? You know, pardon, what did you say? Boom! Or, I said, well, if you walk ahead of me, I can't hear what you're saying. If you're talking ahead and I'm behind you, that's my, that's my excuse anyway. That's what, I mean, do you have that? Anybody else have that experience? Yeah. Oh, yeah, yes, yes, oh, I'm glad, you know. What, what did you say? Pardon? Could you repeat that? But isn't it, isn't it great? Not, not only did Noah walk with God, but they had this ongoing relationship that Noah could hear what God was saying to him. What a privilege that is. That in our daily walk with God, ah, yeah, he listens to us. Fantastic. But we can listen to him. We can have a conversation, a chat with God. Because he... he, he speaks to us. And God, on this particular walk with uh, Noah, said two things. And the first was this. He said, the earth's pretty wicked. Everything's gone corrupt. I'm going to destroy it. I'm sure Noah was really pleased to hear that. <laughs> and he also said this. But I'm going to save you and your family. And I'm going to establish a new agreement, a new covenant with you. Now, whether Noah at the time absolutely understood it, or I doubt it, I don't, I don't know. But you see, God said two things to Noah. He said he would be both a sign of judgment and salvation. Two things together. Noah, I don't know what he thought, but he started to build that. You imagine, he was a sign of judgment and salvation. Every plank that he put into that ark, he was saying, God is judge, but God is saviour. Every 
nail or whatever he used to fix the thing. He banged into the wood, was saying, God is judge, but God is saviour. When he was putting the pitch on to bind it all together, God is judge, God is saviour. That's the dual thing that God said to him. And that was, that was what was being demonstrated as he built this ark. And actually, that double message is ours as well. What does Paul say? He says, praise God, there is now no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. But what does that imply? That without Christ Jesus, there is condemnation. And that's a dual message. And it's tough. And it's one, let's face it, we don't like. We love to say Jesus is our saviour, but to be our saviour, he has to save us from something. And that is eternity without God. That is, he saves us from the condemnation that would be ours. Because that's what it's about. Oh, I don't like that bit bit of the gospel. But actually, for good news, there has to be bad news. This is good news coming in to a desperate situation. And this is our witness. That as Noah had a double testimony, so should we. That our lives should speak of two things. One, that God is amazing and he saves us and he does so much for us. He is our salvation, which then implies that without him, there is no salvation. Oh, that's, that's, that's not easy. And our life together, that being together under the headship, rulership of Jesus being in his body, being in the church is the most amazing thing that there is. Which means that without him there is condemnation. Cool. I'm glad we can say this morning Jesus is our saviour. Because he saved us from condemnation. Thirdly, well, it's pretty pretty obvious, isn't it? He believed what God had said. Now, that's implied right the way through the, 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 the whole account. So, he believed, he believed every time he was, all the time he was constructing this ark, this, this floating thing that God had told him to build, he was saying, I believe you, God. I believe what you said. I believe you. All the time, as it, as it began to take shape, as it, as it got higher and higher, he was saying, I believe you, God. I believe you, God. I believe you're going to do what you say. I believe that I'm doing what you want me to do. I believe that this is the right thing. I haven't seen it yet. I don't know what's, how it's going to happen. But I believe you, God. All the time he was saying, 
I don't, I, how, did, how did Noah do that? When you get a word, what, what's the best thing to do? Come and check it out with someone. Yeah? Have I heard right from God? It's great. We've got brothers and sisters that can help us. I wonder what Noah did. He got this double message from God of judgment and salvation. So he goes to his next door neighbour and says, Hey, I think God's spoken to me. Well, what's he spoken to you about? Well, you're going to die and I'm going to live. <laughs> I don't think so. He was alone. And yet he hung on. And actually it can feel like that at times, doesn't it? We can feel a bit alone. And yet we've got to hang on to what God has said. He believed right through the building of the ark. You look at that construction thing that the, the man from uh, the Netherlands built. If Noah built something like that, which he did, then it would have taken him ages. No quick thing. Probably months and months and months. And all the time he hung on to the word of God to him. That's what faith is. Faith was sure. He was sure that there would be a flood. He was certain of what he had not yet then seen. And he believed. What's God said to you? What are you hanging on for? You know, has God said to you something? about your family, about your circumstances, <coughs> about your future, about your work, about your health. What has God said? Hang on to it. Because if God has said it, do you know he'll do it? He doesn't, he doesn't give us empty words. If God has said it, he'll do it. If you know God has said it, and you have that certainty, you are sure of what you hope for, and you're certain of what you do not yet see, if that is what God has said, he'll do it. Because he doesn't lie. He is truth. Hang on to it. And if it's hard to hang on to it, get others to stand with you and help you hang on to it. That's what being part of the, of the body of Christ is. It's what about being a family together is. Let's help each other to hang on. God has said this. Sometimes I waver. Sometimes I doubt. Sometimes I think, will it ever happen? And a brother or sister can say, yeah, he will, because... Why do we know it will happen? Because he has said it. So, Noah believed what God had said. Because if he has, God has said it, he'll do it. And then he obeyed. Right. You want me to build... This construction, this ark, yeah. 
I'm a long way from the sea. (laughs) You really want me to build this ark? Yeah. Here. Yes. Right. Sounds ridiculous, doesn't it? (laughs) I mean, try and put yourself in Noah's place. It has, it has become too much of a kid's story for us. It really has. Here is this man, hearing from God, being told to build this. Here. And yet he obeyed. This righteous man, this man who's was in a right relationship with God and whose life demonstrated that. His obedience saved his family. And ultimately, the world. You really want me to do that, Lord? Yep. I mentioned this before, but I'll say it again. You really want me to come back to Suffolk? (laughs) Yep. (laughs) I'm happy here in Essex. (laughs) I know. But you really want us to come back? Yep. Different level. Utterly different. Don't misunderstand me. This one man's obedience saved his family. And the world, what does that remind you of? Reminds me of Jesus. As Paul says, just as through the disobedience of one man the many were made sinners, so through the obedience of the one man many will be made righteous. Jesus obeyed. He set his face towards Jerusalem and the cross. And for the joy that was set before him, he endured all that it threw at him, despising its shame. Jesus obeyed so you and I could be safe. Just as Noah obeyed so his family could be safe. Jesus obeyed the Father, went all the way to the cross so that we could be safe. So when the ultimate flood comes, we're not overwhelmed, but we're secure in him. So that when history is wound up, we are safe and secure. So that when we stand before the judgment seat of Christ, We know we're free. That's why Jesus died. He's our saviour. He died for you. So that you could be free. Safe. Secure. Fantastic. He obeyed. No, obeyed what God said. Coming, bringing it down. Here's a challenge. 
Are we, are you, am I, doing what God has told us to do? Oops. What has God said? Has God told you to do anything? He might have told you, I want you to commit yourself to this this odd bunch of people in Beckles. That's where my heart is for you. He might have said to you, I really want you to witness to your neighbours. That's what he said. He may have said, actually, the people that need to hear about me, first of all, are your family. That's what he said. He may say, actually, I've got a new ministry for you. Just seek me and you'll find it. That's what he said. What is he saying? And none of us are too old or too young or too uneducated or too clever. We all need to hear what God is saying to us. Because as we walk with him, he speaks to us. So what's he said? And if you say, I don't think God's saying anything to me. Well, enjoy the silence of the company. (laughs) But I am sure he wants to speak. Hmm. Finally, he trusted. He trusted God to fulfill his word. They reckon... You do a calculation and Noah and, the, and everything, the family and all the animals, were in the ark probably for just over a year. So in the building of the ark, and then in the coming of the flood, and Noah would say, oh yeah, your word is true, your word is true. And there they are in the ark, and it goes on, And on, and on, you know, God, didn't COVID go on? Didn't it really? I mean, now we're through it. We we think, well, yeah, it happened. But I don't know about you. Again, I'm pleading my age here. But when I think back to 20, 21, 22, it's all a blur. You know, it seems ages, 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 and it's over. You imagine, all right, we say Noah was in the ark for a year, fine. But that's 12 months, that's 365 days, and I don't know how many hours, somebody can work it out for me, but it went on and on and on. And do you know what he had to do? He had the family on side by then. He had to trust God. That the God that got him into this would get him out. He had to trust God. Through the flood. And God, who sent the flood, eventually he sent this wind and he blew so that the flood waters would recede. God got him out. 
reminds me of this. When you pass through the waters, said Isaiah, God says through Isaiah, I'll be with you. When you pass through the rivers, they will not sweep over you. You may be going through a flood at the moment. Yeah, God's been good. Perhaps you look back, you can see he's prepared you for it. But it's a pretty difficult time. And at this point in, in time, you don't know how it's going to finish. You're not quite sure what's happening to you. There are difficulties. There are problems. There are issues that have come out of the blue. And you think, God, how am I going to get through this? How am I going to, how am I going to do this? Go back to what God has said. Hello, it's nice to see you. Go back to what he said. And say, God, I trust you. I trust you. Because I'm walking with you. I'm listening to you. I believe what you say. I'm doing what you tell me. And in this situation, I trust you. I trust you. I believe that there are folks here who are having to trust God in all manner of situations. Let me say this. I don't know how the future will work out for you. But I do know that it's in the hands of the one who loves you, who cares for you, who's for you, not against you, and who knows the best for you. We've looked at Noah. But let's fix our eyes on Jesus. Who is obedient. Who went through the cross. Who is the author and the perfecter of our faith.